you know, he he's 100% God, 100% man. And I believe he was putting himself in this story as a Samaritan that was, that was coming from a long journey. In other words, Jesus is that Samaritan that helps people get back on the right track. And I'm going to say this to you today, that you are God's hands, you are God's feet, you are God's body. And if people don't see Jesus in us, they won't see Jesus. And we need to be the people, we need to be like that good Samaritan. We need to be that person that when we see somebody, you know, you, you may not have money to help somebody, but you can pray for somebody. You can give a good word for somebody. You, you know, it's not always about giving money out to people. It's not always trying to do that. It's about trying to be kind to people. Amen? Yeah. Trying to be a blessing to people. Yeah. And see, and that's, and that's really our neighbor, uh, the, the, the person that's in need. The per, you know, when, when we start praying, God, use me, use me. Normally, uh, how many people pray that prayer? God, I, I want you to use me in a mighty way. He will always bring somebody that has a need. Amen. And then that gives us the opportunity to, to help somebody. And that's why I said, you know, if we're going to have passion, and we talked about passion last week, uh, first we have to have compassion. Uh, but, but to have passion, we have to have that desire uh, to, to help somebody no matter what the cost. And so we're talking about the love, and we're talking about having the love of Jesus this morning. And, 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 and I'm telling you, when we, see, the, the thing that we fight most of all as Christians is selfishness. It's self-centeredness. It's about us, about me. You know, about, you know, that, that Samaritan, what was, was, he was either on a business trip. He had some things he had to take care of. Because he, he, he brought, I mean, he, he took some time out of his day to help this person. And, and we, need, we need to understand that when we start doing that, then we're doing the works of Jesus. And, that, and, and not only will we be expanding the kingdom of God for, for God, but we will be expanding our own kingdom in heaven. Amen? So, so, so the second point is that we need to be a passionate people. And I talked about last week that passion comes from prayer and, and personal and corporate and personal corporate community with God and man. I'm going to say this, that, that for us to get passionate, uh, you're, going to have to, you're going to have to love something and hate something else. Amen. I'm going to ask this. You, uh, you may say, Pastor, I don't think you're supposed to hate anything. You, sh you should hate sin. Amen. Yeah, uh, are you here? I know you're, some of you are about ready to say, Pastor, no, we're supposed to. Yeah, but you should hate sin. Amen. You should hate anything that would divide you from God. You should, you should hate lawlessness. Amen. Hello. Now I'm preaching today. You, you, there, there's, you, 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 should, you should hate lies. Amen. Untruth. Yes. Because what the devil is, he, you know, he, what, he, what he uses against mankind and what he uses against us as Christians is deception. You should hate deception. Amen. That's one of my prayers that I want to walk in truth. Amen. I don't want to walk in any deception or any deceit. I want to be a man that walks in truth. Amen. I want truth. I don't want to live in a fantasy world. Amen. I don't want to be sticking my head in the sand and not looking at truth. 
And see, when you come to church, a lot of times some people don't want to come to church because they don't want to encounter truth. Why? Because truth can cause us to change. And God doesn't want us staying the same. He wants us going from faith to faith, from glory to glory. And he wants us changing. In other words, he wants us to become more like Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying today, saints? And so, so, so we need to have, we, we, we need to have, uh, you know, you know, listen, how many people like to get out of debt in, out of here? Anybody in debt? Well, you got to hate debt. You got to hate it with a passion. Because if you don't hate debt, if you just kind of just live with it and you coddle it and you baby it, you don't hate it. And you're still using your credit card. Hello. Amen. Just say, I love you, Pastor. You don't hate it enough. You know, one man said, you got to cut those credit cards up, man. Because MasterCard will become your master. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? you got, you got to come to a point where you hate. You know, I came to a point a few weeks back where I hated being under a landlord. And I said, we got to have our own place. I just got to that point. I said, I'm willing to do almost anything. Short of sinning, of course, to get seven. Are you hear what I'm saying? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You got to get passionate. You got to be willing to give up some things. You got to be. Are you here? You might have to be willing to cut the credit card up. Wear last year styles. If I'm talking to the right group today. See, the reason why you're not out of some of these things because you don't hate it enough. The reason why sin, a little bit of sin is still in our lives is because we don't hate that sin enough. Can I just sit back and have a little bit of coffee right now while you meditate on that? But anyway, we got we got we got to hate it. Amen. We got to hate sin. We got to hate debt. Debt is a curse. That's why we're believing for debt-free building. It's a curse. We don't want it. We don't want debt over our, our lives. Amen. So we got to be passionate. I want to give you a key for staying passionate that I hit on last week. And I think it's worth hitting on. And I believe passion is fueled by vision. Can I say that again? Passion is fueled by vision. And a lot of times we can get excited about the things of God and we get, get excited about what he's doing. And, and w- the key to passion is prayer, right? And in prayer, God, God speaks to us and we speak to him. And hopefully in prayer, God is opening our eyes of our heart to see greater things, what he wants for us. And he, and he gives us a vision. And when he gives us that vision, then we can run on vision. And see, and the reason why we don't stay passionate because we don't keep our eyes on the ball. We don't keep our eyes on the vision. We lose sight of the vision. Does anybody know what I'm talking about today? In Proverbs 29, 18, it says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keeps the law, happy is he. It actually says where there's no prophetic vision. 
And you got to get a vision. You got to get a vision that God wants you debt free. You got to get a vision that God wants you healthy. You got to get a vision that God wants you to have good relationships. You got to have a vision. And then that's what pushes us. That, that pushes past, you know, if you're going to, listen, if you're going to have a body like mine, you're going to have to push through the pain zone. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? You got, you, you, you got to be able to endure some pain. The reason why peop, people don't look, you know, bodybuilders, you know, the, 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 the fitness models, they got to push through the pain zone. And you can't make it through the pain zone. You're not going to, the pain zone. And that works with anything that we uh, endeavor to try to accomplish with God. We got to push through the, the pain zone. What helps us to push through? The vision. The vision. The vision. In Habakkuk 2, it says, I will stand my watch. In Habakkuk 2, 1, three, one through 3. I will stand upon my watch and set uh, and set me upon the tower, and I'll watch to see what he will say to me. Say, he's saying that, that I'm going to stand, I'm going to pray. What he's saying is I'm going to pray and see what the Lord will say to me, and I will answer when I'm reproved. In other words, a lot of times when I get with God, uh, I, I, I love for God to say, man, you're do, just doing a great job. But, but if there's areas in my life I need correction, I want God to talk to me about it. If there's things that's not working in my life, I, I want a word of correction to come into my life. Amen. Why? So I can get in that place of blessing. Amen. And so right here he's saying, he's saying I'll see what, what I will answer uh, when I'm approved. And then, then he says this, and the Lord answered me, verse 2, and said, write the vision and make it plain. Uh, on tablets that he may run that reads it for the vision is yet for an appointed time. Uh, that it, 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 shall, it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, for it surely shall come to pass. So, you know, you know, you gotta, you gotta write down a vision. You gotta get that vision before you. I'm telling you, we have a vision of owning our own building, and you know that vision just just woke up in me about six weeks ago. And I'm telling you, I'm not gonna rest until we get our own building. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And, and say, you know, in other words, the vision will push you to, to move forward in what God is calling us to do. And it will give us the passion. It will actually sustain you through the process. Amen. You know, Jesus was passionate because he ran on vision. And it says in Hebrews 12, it says, let us run our race and let us, you know, let us... You know, whatever that sin that so easily besets us, let's get rid of that sin. And it says here, looking unto Jesus, that is the author and finisher of our faith. See, we, we run our race by keeping our eyes on Jesus. We run our race by, by seeing what Jesus has done. And see, and it says here, for the joy that was set before him, Jesus, and he endured the cross, despising shame, and he has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. How was Jesus able... To, to encounter the cross, how was he able to do that? He was able to see us past the cross. He was able to see uh, 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 his family that, that, that he died for. He died for you and he died for me. And he saw himself already sitting at the right hand of the throne of the Father. 
Amen. As the king of glory. As, as, as the, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And he's our Lord and he's our king. And he was able to endure that because he had the vision of us. Glory to God. When Jesus was on the cross, you and me was on his mind. Do you believe that today? And so he was able to, to, to go see past that. And for us to, to be able to endure the pain, we have to see past that pain and, and be focused on the vision that God has for each one of us. Amen? And so, the, uh, and, and so, so Eros was the second part that I preached on. And Eros is the passion side of the relationship. Just Let me just throw in a little tidbit. If you're married, have at least one date night a, a week if you can. But if you can't do it a week, at least one, once a month. How many, how many married couples have a date night in here? Uh, we got a couple of week amens. <laughs> My God. Have a date night. You know, we gotta, you got you to gotta keep dating your spouse. You know, I, I actually, you know I, I, you know, I did something nice for my wife. I, I bought her some flowers on the 14th. No special day or anything, you know. Got her flowers, got her, got her a cheesecake, you know. I, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Got her a card from the dollar store. Whatever it takes. And it was, a, it was actually from Dollar General. And I was surprised. They were selling two for a dollar. I said, man, I, can, I think I can find a card for my wife. And it was a good card. Dollar General. I didn't know they had cards. My mom was in there, and my mom said, let's go to Dollar General. I, didn't, I was going to sit in the car. You know how those guys love shopping, right? Mom said, why don't you come in to the Dollar General? You know, you never know what you can find at Dollar General. <laughs> and my mom's a card person. She loves sending out cards, and, you know, it's like a magnet. She walks into a place, and she just goes to the card section <laughs> and draws her. Does anybody know what I'm talking about here? Anybody card people out here? Okay, praise God. And so, 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 so the third kind of love that we're talking about is phileia love. And, and that's not being filleted, no. It's uh, <laughs> phileo, maybe phileo. But anyway, um, some say potato, some say potato. Phileo, phileo, or whatever. But anyway, and this third kind of love is, is a friendship kind of love. And this kind of love, it, it, it has to be developed. And I, I, I believe that the, the greatest ex, aspects of friendship love is three, three keys. Sacrifice, faithfulness, and perseverance. You know, Moses was called a friend of God. Amen? In Hebrews 3, 5, it says, And Moses' need was faithful to his house, a servant for a testimony to those things which would be spoken afterwards. So I'm going to say this, that... that, that Friendship kind of love, we, uh, you know, it has to go beyond just, uh, just having a personality that clicks with another person. Amen? It has to go beyond that. In other words, you've got to see the best in the person, even though there may be some qualities that may not be too good. Not everybody's going to be perfect. But you've got to see past that. And I, and I believe that, that, that uh, the, the key to being a friend is to be faithful. 
And, you know, that is part of the, you know, when I'm talking about walking in love, because I talked about this is the first of the uh, series, is that, you know, we want to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. And when we walk in the fruit of the Spirit, or when we walk in in the Spirit, there's no law. In other words, we're walking under the grace umbrella. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so as we walk under that grace, and then there's nothing that the enemy that can, can do that can come against us because we're walking in love and we're walking in joy and we're walking in peace and we're walking in all the attributes of the fruit of the Spirit. And so here, faithfulness is part of that fruit of the, the Spirit. The Bible says, who can find a faithful person? And, you know, it, it takes, you know, and, and I'm just so thankful that we have faithful people in this church. I'm so thankful that we have people and being faithful is, is doing, it, it, it's, it's, you can count on somebody doing the same thing over and over again without throwing in the towel, without quitting. And I'm telling you, the Bible says in, in Proverbs that a faithful man shall abound with blessings. Amen. I was thinking about, there's so many stories in the Bible about faithfulness. You know, Noah was faithful to building the, the ark. You know, he didn't quit in the middle of the ark. He didn't say it was too hard. He didn't say, I forget about it. It's just too much work. You know, the ark took 100 years to build. And Noah, you know, maintained his faithfulness and built the ark and saved humanity and the animals. And so faithfulness is not just starting something, but, but going to the nth degree to complete something. Faithfulness is sticking with it no matter what the obstacles are. Faithfulness is, 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 a, is a tenacious spirit that keeps going and going and going like the Energizer Bunny. You've got to be tenacious. You've got to stay faithful. And a faithful man will abound in blessings. Joseph was a faithful man. And what kept him going was the dream. Was the vision that kept him going when, when, when things just didn't look right. You know, he started off great. He had the coat of many colors. He had, his, the, he had his father's favor on his life. And, you know, then he got thrown in the pit. And then he got sold, in, sold into slavery. And then he, he, re, he was risen up in Potiphar's house. And he was, doing, he was doing great. He was faithful to Potiphar. And then the, and then the temptation came. To be unfaithful and, and, and Potiphar's wife tried to come on to Joseph. And Joseph said, I can't do this. Why? Because the vision was bigger. What God had placed on the inside of Joseph was bigger than, than, than a one night fling. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And when we get to God, close to God and we walk with God and God starts revealing truth to us. I'm telling you, you never, you, once you get in that type of relationship, you never want to leave that type of relationship. When you have a relationship like that with God. And Joseph had that type of relationship. And even though he did the right things, the wrong things seem to keep happening. I mean, some of you in here, you're trying to do the right things. You're tithing, you're giving, you're giving of yourself, but you're not seeing too much come back. Hey, hey. Hey, payday hasn't come yet, but it will come. God not, may not pay every Saturday, but he will pay out, and he pays out rich dividends. Don't grow weary in well-doing. You keep pressing in until you see the promise. You know, you know our promises just doesn't come just by, just by believing God. Yes, we got to believe God, but it says, it says the promise of God comes by faith and patience. The promises of God comes through faith and perseverance. 
patience. It's going to take a process of time before we, we see a lot of return on, on our investment. Amen. A process that took Jesus three and a half years. He poured into his disciples. He poured in, you know, years of discipleship before they be could become the men that, that God called them to be. And so we look at Joseph and it paid off rich dividends because finally Joseph was, was number two in command uh, of, the, uh, of Egypt. He was the prime minister. And I'm telling you, he was a powerful man of God. But he stayed faithful in, the, in Potiphar's house. He stayed faithful in the prison. And he stayed faithful to his call. And God raised up Elijah, and, uh, Elijah, Elijah with a J and Elisha with the S. You know, Elijah wasn't the easiest man to get along with. As I studied the story of them walking together, there was one point where, where Eli, you know, Elijah, uh, Elijah with a J said, why don't you go somewhere else? <laughs> why don't you leave me alone? And, and Elijah with a S said, no, I'm not going to leave you. Why? Because he wanted something. What did he want? He wanted that anointing. Amen. He wanted the grace of God on his life. You know, he wanted, he, wanted, he wanted to walk in, and what he wanted was a double portion. And guess what? We, you know, he, you know he, I know he had a revelation, and, and even Elijah said, well, if you are here when God takes me, you'll get what you want. In other words, God has great blessings for each one of us, but we have to maintain a... See, see listen, being faithful is more than just doing the job. There's an attitude in faithfulness that goes with it. In other words, the Bible says that God loves a grumbling giver. No, God loves a cheerful giver. So, so, so there's an attitude in our faithfulness that we have to connect with to walk in the blessings of God. What? The willingness and obedience. And so faithfulness goes more, more than just beyond doing the job. How is our attitude in doing the job? Okay, pastor, you're really preaching today. Because you can say, oh, I'm just struggling. It's my cross to bear. I just, you know, I'm sucking it up for the Lord. Oh, I really hate it, but, you know, maybe it'll pay off someday. That's not how we should be serving God. Amen. We should be thankful for, for God. You know, I need to be thankful that God has placed me in the ministry, even though I haven't seen everything that I believe that God wants to do in this church. I need to stay thankful that, that God saw me and, and, and he picked me to do the job. I mean, I could be working at Burger King right now. Amen. Nothing wrong with working at Burger King, and I'm not putting anybody down that works at Burger King. But I could be wor working a job that may not be uh, as glorifying as, 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 as pastoring a church full of loving, kind, faithful people. Amen. Amen. And so we look at that, you know, as I close here, I think about uh, one of the most faithful people. Uh, of course, Jesus is called, you know, he, he's, he's one of the most faithful. I don't know if there's anybody more faithful than Jesus. He's coming back and on his thigh, uh, we'll say uh, on his thigh is written, faithful and true. God's faithful, people. And even though things might seem to be hindered, even though some things might seem to be locked up, even though some doors might seem to be closed, God's moving. He's moving in the unseen realm. And he is opening some doors. 
and some doors may have closed for you this year, but I'm telling you, when one door closes, another door opens. Listen, when, when Ruth and uh, Naomi, when they traveled, Ruth was uh, Naomi's daughter-in-law, and when, when Naomi, they traveled outside their city, and, and, and Naomi was married and had two sons, and I believe it was just one year he, she lost her husband and lost two sons. And she had two daughter-in-laws and they had no children. And they were in a, in, in a bad place and, and she didn't have any means of support. And, you know, Ruth said, I'm going to stay with you, Naomi. I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm going to be with you no matter what. And Naomi tried to tell her to go back to her own hometown. He, she told her, the other daughter-in-law, go back. You're, you're young. You can get married. And, 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 and that one did. She, she left. But Ruth said, no, I'm going to stay. I, I'm not going to leave you because you don't have anybody. You're a widow. You lost your husband. You, you don't have, you, you know. And, and Naomi, you know, in her mind, she just thought that God was punishing her for some reason. She said, just call my name Mara. God has, has dealt, you know, wrong to me. God has dealt bitterly towards me. And so she actually changed her name. You know, you don't want to change your name. Naomi is the name that's blessed. Naomi couldn't see the blessing of Ruth being in her life. They came back to the hometown. And Ruth, you know, at that time, they would, uh, the fields, they would have fields. And the, the dirt poor could, could gleam off the fields. Ruth was gleaming food off the fields. And, and guess who was there that was, had owned the field? It was Boaz. Boaz. Ladies, somebody say Boaz. I mean, that's a, that's a man's name, Boaz. Think about that. Boaz, the wealthy landowner. And he started noticing Ruth. And Ruth was a Moabite woman. She really didn't have a covenant, but only through the marriage of, of Naomi's son. That's the only covenant that she had. But she was a Moabitess woman, and, and she really didn't have a covenant with, a, with... She wasn't an Israelite. But you know what? Even though she didn't really truly have a covenant, but through the marriage of Naomi's son, uh, Boaz took notice of her and started dropping more wheat her way. And guess what? See, listen, you, you, you may not you may not have grew up in the right family. You you may have you may not have the education. You may not have some of these things. Glory to God. But if you have the grace and the anointing of God, then you got everything. Are you hear what I'm saying? And faithfulness will draw in the grace and the anointing of God. And I'm telling you, these two ladies had nothing. And then until they encountered Boaz. And Boaz ended up marrying Ruth. And guess what? Naomi got, got, her, got into a big house. Glory to God. The, the mother-in-law suite. Both ladies were taken care of real well. Why? Faithfulness, And the reason why he noticed, Boaz noticed her, because he heard the story that Ruth was a young woman that could have went back home and could have got a man for herself. But she decided to stay because she was faithful. And I'll tell you, men, men are, ladies, let me just say this. Men are looking for faithful women. And women, you're looking for faithful men. 
and faithfulness is a key ingredient, I'm telling you, that will draw the blessings, will draw the grace, will, will draw the, I'm telling you, will draw God straight to you. And when you walk in faithfulness, when, when people aren't doing right, but you still keep walking in love towards the people and you keep doing the right things, I'm telling you, it will turn around. We would like to invite you to join us Sunday morning at Virginia Beach SDA Church located at 4136 Holland Road, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Service starts at 10.30 a.m. Nursery and Children's Church provided. This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and the Congregation of Exceed Life Church. For more information, visit us at www.exceedlifechurch.org.